Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast Podcast. with your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner, and Chris Schubert. Behind the producer Mike, who had some technical difficulties, but we have arrived. We found all of us. There he is. The hype train is here, baby. And he found we were going to make him sit live on the pod and really struggle for the listeners, but we decided to be nice. You know, it's still the holiday season technically. So we, we didn't make him struggle live on the podcast. We've got a couple things to go over. First and foremost, if you have not seen Jamie's first round fantasy football mock draft, it's never too early because it's the draft network and this is what we do. So Jamie dropped one. We're going to discuss it up here at the top. If you haven't checked it out, please go to thedraftnetwork.com so you can check that out and we will go through line by line and mostly mock Jamie's mock. So that will be fun. Uh, Start and sits for those of you who are still playing fantasy football and then we will end with Jamie's junk box. Also for those of you that are still in a fantasy matchup in week 17. Luckily for those that are still playing, at least there's a lot on the line, right? There's a lot on the line for a lot of teams because more often than not in week 17, there's a lot of people sitting and that's not the case. Uh, you know, you got, you got that going on a little bit, but not nearly as much as we traditionally see in an NFL season. So guys, let's kick things off here with this mock. So Jamie, why don't you set the scene for difficulty in trying to do this? Because I walked through this and I thought, man, this is harder than I thought it would be. Right. And I know it's an initial reaction. There's a lot of qualifying, you know, different teams, trades that can happen, free agent signings, but we're going based off of what we know now, right? I imagine this was pretty difficult for you to do. It was. This is like the third consecutive year I've done something like this. And it's always fun because I think it's a good exercise to do immediately afterward and just kind of stash it away somewhere because it's so easy to forget how you feel right now in August and, or even in July when you're starting your prep, it's very easy to forget some of the nuances. So uh, but in previous years, you always kind of like felt really good about some combination of the top five. You might not know what order you like them yet. You might have a debate at number one, but you're like, yeah, these are the definitive five or six best players. Um, and that just hasn't been the case this year. I think it's really wide open. Um, so I'm just going to start at the very top here with pick number one, and that's Dalvin Cook for me. Uh, I, I had him over Christian McCaffrey. It's close. I have McCaffrey too. We'll talk about him in a second. But the way I looked at this now, 
assuming nothing weird happens between now and Sunday, this will be the second consecutive year that Dalvin Cook has played in 14 games. So I think at this point, the injury risk that had, he had carried with him the last few years is probably no greater than any other top heavy workload running back. Like it still exists for all of those guys, but I don't know if you can ding Cook more than some of these other running backs. Finishes though RB1 this year with 24.7 fantasy points per game. Uh, was, the R, uh, was the RB2 last season. And this offense is going to be relatively the same next year. I imagine they're going to bolster their offensive line a little bit. I think he's in a great position to have success next year. So if I had to make this pick right now, the safety of, again, uh, it's, it's going to be him or McCaffrey at the top. But right now, I, we haven't seen a lot of McCaffrey. And we'll see what that offense looks like next year. We'll see if Joe Brady's still there next year, which I think he will be. But to me, I think I'm going to go Cook at the top. It's really, really razor thin. But I'm going to go with him because for two years now, he's proven to be a top two fantasy running back. And it's proven to be relatively healthy. Jake, you this is first? your guy. Yeah, this is your guy, man. He's up at the top. I remember two years ago talking about Dalvin Cook. So are, how comfortable are you here? And is the, I think Jamie's analysis of the injury risk is right. You know, everybody's got a little bit of it and there isn't really somebody you can look at this and go, yeah, I, there's no injury risk with this dude going into the season. No, I mean, I had him at four going into last year, which is a lot higher than most people. And I was that high on him. I dropped him to six this year just because I thought the value wasn't going to be there. And maybe he comes back to earth a little bit. The year was phenomenal. Playing 14 games and still being able to do that, I don't think you have any more of a risk. He plays through a lot of stuff, too. He's just not a very big dude that runs that hard. And my analysis of McCaffrey this year was he hasn't gotten hurt yet. He has been spectacular for you in fantasy with all the catches and all the everything, but he hasn't gotten hurt yet. And it happens. Everybody takes a nick in the NFL. This year we saw him have two, three you know, had the quad, had the shoulder, had the, the ankle injury early against the Bucs. Uh, so that one scares me. He comes back. I don't care what offense he's in. He's going to be a stud. But I love Cook right here, for one. To me, it's kind of like we talk all the time when you're getting into fantasy playoffs and that kind of stuff, highest floor, highest ceiling. That's Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I think there there will be a second to pause between him and McCaffrey, right? I think if the, the yeah, Carolina Panthers are – yeah, if you're Carolina Panthers and they're in a playoff contention, I think things look differently with the usage of Christian McCaffrey and down the stretch and resting him and how it's looked and whatever. But to your point, Jake, I mean, he was the workhorse for a long time and he was the one that we didn't have injury. You know, we didn't, it wasn't Saquon or any of these guys that, you know, obviously you looked at him and you said, okay, he's, he's the least injury prone. Well, now coming into this year, it's not the case for Christian McCaffrey. So I think the one, two, you have it, Jamie. I think we're going to be arguing and debating that all off season is, you know, what happens, how much better does Carolina get? How much better? Who's running that offense, right? Do they go for a quarterback? Do they make a, you know, there's a lot of changes that can happen in Carolina. You know, we've talked about how Vikings fans might want to move on from Kirk cousins, but the reality is you're going to have Kirk cousins and he's going to be your starting quarterback. And the offense I think is going to look much of the same. So I, I think, I'm in agreement, Jim. I think we'll we'll probably argue it, and and maybe maybe by the time we get to August, it'll be Christian McCaffrey up at there up at the top. But I think I think this makes sense the way you have it right now. One other thing yeah, worth yeah. noting: Zimmer's not going anywhere, and Kubiak isn't going anywhere. And if there's anybody mm-hmm. that's fit specifically perfect for Kubiak's game, and a lot of backs can run it, Dalvin Cook is probably the most unique guy to fit into that scheme and if those guys aren't going anywhere i don't give a damn if it's kirk cousins or somewhere somebody else that's the way kubiak does it 
mean, Terrell Davis went from like a nobody to a Hall of Famer in that offense because he fit what they wanted to do. And I think Cook fits that. I don't think Carolina is going to change anything. Teddy's going to be their quarterback, whether they draft one or not. There's no quarterback's going to come in and beat him out. That's a rookie. Now that he knows that offense, Joe Brady, while he gets way too much freaking hype, in my opinion, isn't going anywhere after one year of being a coordinator. He's not getting one of these jobs. So I, I don't, I don't expect them to have much change at all. Okay. No, I, I agree. And that, that's why McCaffrey can't fall past number two for me, because even though we only got to see him in three games, he, he's not going to play in week 17. It looks like when he played, he still blew everybody out of the water. He averaged more than 30 fantasy points per game in those three starts. And this is, a, I look back, this is a crazy stat for McCaffrey. In his last 33 games, he's averaging 27.85 points yep. per game. That's insane. It, it is, it is unbelievable and at least we saw enough it's not like we saw one game if we saw one game from him this year we'd be like uh we don't really know how he's going to be used in this offense blah 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 we've seen enough in in three games to let us to kind of lend us to believe he's still going to be this huge featured role on the team so i'd be okay with you taking him at one but it's not like he's coming off an acl i mean there there are there, yeah. there is a scale with injuries and we'll talk about that as we get deeper into the offseason with running backs but to me, it's 1A or 1B, but right now, just given the fact we haven't seen a lot of him this year, he's going to be that 1B for me. Uh, it's going to be a fun debate for us because I don't think there's another option for one. I think it's Cook or McCaffrey. Like, I don't think you could talk me into anybody of these other guys uh, at one in a PPR league. So uh, uh, to me, it's just that the, the upside of McCaffrey is still just so massive. He has to be in that top two conversation, but you are a little bit worried after he finally caught the injury bug. Like He has been so healthy his entire career this is the year it finally got him. And I got him for 13 of the 16 games. It's going to look like, so for sure, it's a little tough, but the upside is just, again, 27.85 points per game. And his last 33 games, that's more than two full seasons. I mean, he has been remarkable when he's healthy. He's the number one guy. Like I did with all due respect to Dalvin cook. Like if Christian McCaffrey plays 16 games next year, he will be the number one running back because he's unbelievable and that usage will not change. And you saw Mike Davis come in and play a very similar role and Christian McCaffrey's a much better football player. So I think that's the other part that you do not get scared is they used him in that offense in a very similar fashion. And you had a good run with Mike Davis for a while. He's just not Christian McCaffrey. Like it was, it was fun for a while to have that conversation and that little debate that happened for about a one week span, but Mike Davis is not Christian McCaffrey. I will say it again. <laughs> Mike, Mike Davis is not Christian McCaffrey. I had Christian McCaffrey. I started Mike Davis because I had to. I can assure you, he's not Christian McCaffrey. Okay. One, one last thing of note on that too is Curtis Samuel's a pending free agent. And based on the way the roster is constructed, he might not be, it might not be a player they have the luxury of re-signing or they choose not to re-sign because they already have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Those are a few backfield touches that will go back to McCaffrey. Not again, not that he was going to steal a ton, but Kara Samuel has a role as a running role on this team right now and had it throughout the year that you might not have to even worry about next year. Again, McCaffrey's going to get a ton of work. It's all about whether he stays healthy. And if you get 16 games of McCaffrey next year, you're getting the RB1. Yep. But at this point, at least we have to put that in question uh, when it was never even in consideration the last few seasons. For sure. All right, let's move on, Jamie. You've got Derek Henry right, as 1-3 here. So he's the third guy that comes off this list. He's also the third running back. It's a, if you've listened to the show for a long time, you're going to notice that there's one RB common heavy. theme. It's running back heavy, okay? And if there was ever a year to come out of where you really wished you had 
a really good set of running backs is this year, right? I think that was proven more than ever before. Before Jamie talks about his kind of analysis, Jake, I want you to take it first. What's your reaction to Derrick Henry up at, at the three spot? My only hesitation here is it's a full point PPR league. So I might drop him down to four or five, but I don't think he can get outside your top five. And you're going to have to take it on the chin a little bit in September till he really gets heated up in the middle of October. And then it becomes Derrick Henry season for the rest of the year. And you might win your, your fantasy league. The Packers defense is awful and their run defense is awful and they completely shut him down. Now, Derrick Henry doesn't look like he's ever played in the snow before. He's from Florida, played Alabama. Like he did not look like a happy man playing in, you know, 24 degrees in Green Bay the other night in the snow. Maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, but he starts slow and he doesn't catch any passes. He only plays first and second down. So in a full point PPR league, I might drop him a little bit lower. But my God, you have two and a half years now of November, December, end winning of October. Your of, yeah, he's winning yeah, your league. Just, just like, phenomenal numbers, right? Mm-hmm. you got to pair him with somebody that catches the ball a lot, I think, in a full-point PPR league as a running back. But, I, I mean, I don't hate it. I probably have Camaro above him. I don't know that I'd drop him outside the top five. Jamie, that's where I want to go here, right? Because it did a little teaser. The four spot is Alvin Kamara. Jamie is team Alvin Kamara. The first sentence says, this may surprise some, right? So, like, I, I was surprised to see Kamara at the four spot over uh, below Derrick Henry. So, why 1v1? Talk about Derrick Henry over Alvin Kamara, and that'll lead us into that conversation. Well, I think this is twofold here. Uh, partly is, I think Derrick Henry is the high floor option for you. Like, he doesn't have north of 20 points per game upside. Like, if you look over the last few seasons, he's hanging around the, like, 18, 19, upper 19 points per game range, where you've seen the Kamaras, you've seen the Dalvin Cooks, you've seen the Christian McCaffreys in the mid to high 20s. But the issue I have with Kamara is the quarterback situation. And over the last two years in the nine games he has played with either Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill as his starter, he's averaging only 15.9 fantasy points per game. In all other games, it's 22.6. So huge and, and even worse was this year was he was still averaging more than 17 with Teddy. He was averaging down to 14.2 with Taysom Hill this year, who is, I still think at this point, the most likely starting quarterback for the Saints next year. So that's where this concerns me is that he takes a lot of his value. And, and it really got, I know, he, I know this is weird to say coming off a six rushing touchdown game, but the reality is there's a reason why we're talking about Camara as like first thousand yard season first, because they use him as an offensive weapon. He is used all over the field, his pass catching his 80 plus catches in four straight years. I mean, he is used heavily in that area. And now he's going to most likely, I'm of the mind, regardless of the result of the Saints playoff run, that this is the end for Drew Brees. And if that's the case, and that's what I'm assuming right now for this pick, then he's going to take a hit in value. And so I have to kind of put that, put it into this equation of, do I think he's going to drop down to that 14 points per game over a course of a season? No. And I I think that would be way too much of a drop, but is he going to be this 22 plus point a game guy? Probably not either. So now he's going to be in those upper teens, which drops him outside of the top three for me. If Drew Brees comes back, he's RB3. Like he's RB3 yeah. and he's in that top tier with Cook and McCaffrey. But I just don't think that's going to happen this year. So that's the one part that concerns me a bit is like if he drops, because the reality is if he drops from like 81, which is where the last two years, the 82 catches now, if he drops down to like 55, like, that's going to drop him several spots in that first round ranking. Like, and it's something that's a very real possibility with Taysom Hill. So 
I, I need to wait and see. There's a lot more uncertainty now surrounding him than any of those other top three guys in, in terms of the offensive situation he's going to be in in 2021. Yeah, Not and I think mention there's... Taysom Hill taking his touchdowns. Taysom yeah. Hill's still going to run it from the one or the two himself a lot. And you're not going to – he stole his seventh in NFL record-breaking touchdown the other day when he went in. If he's the quarterback, I mean, that, that is a huge concern. And by the time we get to August we're talking about this, we're going to know. You might have to drop him to like seven or eight because he doesn't yeah. run up between the tackles a ton. They had Mark Ingram. They've got uh, – I don't know why I just drew a blank. You know what I'm talking about. Um, they have to have Latavius a secondary Murray. piece for him. Latavius yeah, Murray, Latavius yeah. Murray. I don't know why that just totally escaped me. Uh, they have to have a secondary piece because he doesn't run between the tackles a ton. That's what we're talking about his first thousand yard season. He's really good when he does, but it has to be sparingly or he's going to get banged up. All three of these top guys are undersized guys that run really hard. Kamara just has ridiculous balance and doesn't take a lot of shots, but he got hurt last year and played through a, a grade two MCL spring. Uh, by the way, we just had breaking news. Dalvin Cook is out for this weekend. Unexpected family emergency will not play in week 17. So our 14 games just went out the window. window. And my third my third place uh, that I'm playing in one one league left probably just went out the window with it with that good matchup that he had. Yeah, that's uh, uh, obviously unfortunate news. Um, we don't know the details around it, but hopefully everything is okay for him, for most importantly. Um, I think the Alvin Kamara, and then we'll go to the fifth overall pick here. He has so, Jamie, your breakdown of him, I think there's so much of a sample size to showcase that he will in fact not be the same person. We have two different quarterbacks. We have Teddy Bridgewater. We have Taysom Hill. It's not like we have two games, right? We have a pretty decent sample size. Yeah. Nine starts. That's a a lot of games to look at as a sample size and go, well, if it's not Drew, which if he had put a gun to my head right now and told me to add like answer, I would say it's not Drew in 2021. I just don't think it's going to happen. And I think it's going to be Taysom Hill and I know it's going to drive people nuts. And I know Sean Payton's going to drive everybody nuts on social media, but this is the, this is what they're doing. He did it this year, right? As much as y'all wanted Jameis to come play, it was Taysom. And I think that's, that's what we're going to see. And I, I don't think Kamara has the same, not, I don't think, I know he will not have the same value if it's not Drew Brees. And, and two last points I want to make here. And, and it's not just the Taysom Hill conversation because I think there's, there are plenty of issues, even if let's say hypothetically Jameis Winston starts like the, there's, there's a very specific reason why he has been used so heavily, obviously his skill set, but Drew Brees does not push the ball down the field and hasn't tried to for years now. And Honestly, when you have guys and you have guys on short intermediate routes like Kamara and Michael Thomas, and you can't throw it deep successfully, why bother? I mean, those are your two best options. There's going to be a quarterback change. And whether it's Taysom Hill and his his lack of some of that upside and his lack of what a lack of just passing upside that he has, plus taking rushing touchdowns. And then if it's Jameis Winston, let's say, who wants to take more shots and isn't going to check it down, is going to turn the ball over more. I, Either way, it's going to be rough. And, and the last point I want to make on this before we move on is that that 14.2 points began my referenced with Taysom Hill. That would be good over the course of a season for the RB18 this year. So that's kind of where that value lies. Like that is right around where Kareem Hunt is. That is right around where Miles Sanders is, just behind David Johnson. So I don't think – I'm not predicting he's going to fall all the way there necessarily, but that is the context that's important when we talk about this. All right, let's move on, and let's talk about James Robinson. Probably the most – if you came into the 2020 season, the most unlikely person that I would have seen in a top five position in 2021, way too early mock draft, but man, 
considering everything that went on, all the different quarterbacks he played with and everything that happened with this season, undrafted free agent, Illinois State great. God, we'll show it, throw it out there for our boy Hank because you know our old intern would bring this up that the kid went to Illinois State uh, and rep for the Chicagoland area. James Robinson at the five spot. I, I love this, and I love it because – He's only going to, the offense is only going to get better. Theoretically. I mean, it can't get worse than what it was all of 2020. And he was still unbelievable. So Jamie, break this one down. He's in a top five position. Yeah. This is the one that surprised me. Uh, I think if you would have asked me pre-research, if I, where I would have had James Robinson, I probably still would have said first round, but I didn't, I don't think top five, but the more I looked at it, it it's hard to argue pushing him too much further down. I mean, he finishes the RB four in total points, RB five in average points per game. You're going to add Trevor Lawrence, potentially add to that offensive line in the offseason. And you think about how many of these games where they just kind of had to go away from him in the second half because they're down so much late. They're, not that they're going to come in and win 10 games next year, but they'll be more competitive. They're going to win more than they – one, they're going to definitely win more than they did, and they're going to be more competitive in the losses than they have been this year with Lawrence. And, and again, they have two first-round picks are coming in this year. They have plenty of money to spend if they want to add some veterans and free agency. Uh, I, I think he's going to be the guy. And if you think about how strange of a season this was for him, you have an undrafted player, Illinois State, little to no training camp, a lame duck coaching staff, and poor quarterback play that gets jostled throughout the year. And he still did this. Now, defensive coordinators are going to game plan for him a lot more at the start of last year than they did at the start of this year. And that is a factor. But And there's probably going to be a different offensive coordinator there and all that other stuff. But – I love what I saw from him. He has run hard successfully all year long when he's been healthy. That offense is going to be better. He's going to be in a better situation. We presume he's going to have a full normal or whatever the new normal training camp is going to be this year. He has a lot more things going in his favor coming off of a remarkable rookie season. He's basically Maurice Jones-Drew without Fred Taylor, right? If you're thinking Jacksonville, bowling ball. Now he got nicked up late but he's a rookie that went through a crazy ass off season, right? It was phenomenal all year. I love those bowling ball type guys compared to the first three guys we talked about. They might be a little more explosive, but they are so much more susceptible to injury because of the way that they're built compared to these low center of gravity, little thick dudes like that. And he's really one of the only three or four guys we're talking about being a true third down back. Now the negative is I think he had a ton of success because Jay Gruden was his coach. I'm a big Jay Gruden fan for running offenses. And with the weapons they had in and out of the lineup when DJ Chark was missing half the games, Chenault's a rookie trying to find his way. They got some pieces, but they were all shuffled in and out of the lineup. There was no continuity at all. Jay Gruden went to what he does and he ran the ball well. He ran it successfully. And it's kind of that Shanahan Kubiak scheme that he runs a little bit of that zone. Uh, I can see a new coordinator coming in. And if it's a head coach coordinator with Trevor Lawrence, his role being completely different. But he's a three-down guy. I don't know that the production comes down. I think it might actually go up when he has some chemistry with a quarterback and you have some continuity at that position. And they have the second most cap space. They're going to fix that offensive line a little bit. To me, it's, we'll, get, we'll talk about it later this week, but it's one of the premier destinations, as crazy as that is to say for head coaches, that you might take that over some other big city, big market jobs because of the young talent, because of the cap space, because of the draft capital, and because of a guy like this. I mean, a rookie free agent with no offseason that has this season, and we're talking about top five next year, I don't know that I'd put him any lower than that. The only thing that concerns me is who the coordinator is and if they really want to air it out with Trevor Lawrence and his production changes a ton or somebody comes in and starts taking some of those third downs from him. 
you, you got to love what you saw from him, right? I think it's UDFA, no off. There's so many reasons why he should not be where he is this year. Like he had every reason to not be in the position that he's in and he is. And I think fighting through all of that, playing with Mike Glennon and whatever the hell they wanted to throw out there on a week to week basis. I mean, obviously I liked what we saw in moments from Gardner Minshew, but you know what you're getting, you know, you're going to get an upgrade at the quarterback position. This is, it's a strange place to be where I have to say Jacksonville is a lucrative landing spot for everybody because they have so much gap space and so much draft capital. And I think they're going to make some serious moves two years ahead of their move to London. So I think it's going to be great. I'm very excited for it. And I think it's going to be amazing for, for this market to get a little taste and then, you know, everybody's going to be on their merry way since I'm sure all of you saw the uh, Bears fans that made the trip to Jacksonville or the ones that live out there that were dominating that whole game yelling. And I was like, yeah, this is Trevor Lawrence is going to be like, yeah, welcome to London. This is great. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, Clem- Clemson fans will be taking that over here soon. I don't think we could jump off of this without talking about him without how did the season start for him? Leonard Fournette, they yeah. cut him so they could go to Reichwell Armstead who I hope is okay, by the way. He's one of the guys that got hit with COVID and really, really struggled. I hope that he's doing okay. But they felt comfortable enough to go with Armstead. And then, oh, yeah, we signed Chris Thompson because his familiarity with Jay Gruden. He was like fourth or fifth. And we're talking about him being a top five fantasy option, which makes him a superstar at the running back position a year later. Like I I couldn't jump off this without reminding everybody that Leonard Fournette's not been a buck very long. No, I think This was August, September. He was still the dude in Jacksonville. Five months ago, it was who's going to make the roster, James Robinson or Divino Zigbo? Seriously. And now we're talking about him as a top five fantasy pick. (laughs) I mean, that's great. And that's, that's, listen, that's exactly where we are. I think that makes me like him more, though. All the, everything that factors in that he and all that adversity that he had to overcome to get to where he is, that just makes me like him more and go, man, I'm really excited for what this looks like when he doesn't have all of these factors that have to play into it, right? I think that's that's where I'm most excited about for him moving forward. All right, let's move on. The sixth spot, and we're continuing on our running back run here, right? It's, it's uh, There's a theme here. There's a couple more we got to get to as well. So Nick Chubb in the sixth spot here, missed a few games, which was disappointing. If you had him, I, I rostered Nick Chubb this year but I was overall pretty damn happy with what you saw from Nick Chubb this season now they went there were a couple of games where you were pissed but it was less about him and more about game planning and what they decided to do right and I hope that they recognize the recipe that was successful for them in their moments right and the, the Browns are still playing as we record they still have a really big matchup to play to get into the postseason right and I think we you know we'll discuss what this looks like moving forward after that but Jamie Defend your pick at the sixth spot because I think there's a lot of upside here with Nick Chubb. There is, and I talked about this last year, and it, and I think it still holds this year. He's Derrick Henry light in the way that he gets used. He's going to run the ball a lot, very effectively. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns, and is going to have very minimal usage in the passing game. And that kind of carried over to this year. It was a big concern I had why I didn't want to take him in the top five last year. Uh, but to me, it's he finishes the RB6 this year, averaging more than 17 points per game. He was the RB10 last year. You know what you're going to get. He's on a run-heavy offense with a coach that wants to run the ball, and they can run the ball effectively. And they're going to pound him a lot. And, yes, Kareem Hunt's going to be there, and he's going to take some work away. 
but we have now seen multiple seasons now where they're both able to have success independent of each other. And actually both of them this year might end up finishing as technically as RB ones in total points because of Chubb missing some time and, and Hunt getting a lot of work there. To me, this is another one of those. It's a safe pick. It's a high floor pick. He's not going to be a guy that I can imagine is going to be a top three running back at the end of the season. I just, he doesn't catch enough passes in PPR to be that type of a player, but you're probably not going to be disappointed unless he gets hurt. Like he's probably gonna be a guy. If he plays 12, 13, 14, 15 games, you're going to be pretty happy with the production that you've got. And my theme from last year is going to carry over right now. Go running back heavy early, get guys you can trust. And that's why, as we'll get into it, there are nine running backs I have going in the top 10 in my first round. I don't know how you can't do that. We're on what six and four of these guys have major question marks. And that's before we go to the rest of the first, like, I think, yeah, our, our theory of running back, running back, running back heavy is going to have to go next year. I'm scared to death already the first round. I mean, there's going to be people going nuts, taking flyers on guys because you just don't know what you're going to get. I love Chubb. I said my analysis this year, I thought they would use him more in the dump off screen game on first and second down because if you put Kareem Hunt in, they're expecting that, and they didn't. I'm hoping they go to that next year because he is very explosive in that screen game. But you don't really need him to be to be really good and be a top seven pick for you. I love Chubb. It's just health related. Yeah, it's it's more so. I, and I'm hoping we're going to see more usage from him next year. I, I think it'll you, you'll see how it goes. And I hope he stays healthy. But he's been overall a very, very good pick this year, especially considering some of the guys that went down. He's he saved you in a lot of leagues. If you got him at the back half, if you went running back, running back right at the turn and you picked him up after you got a guy like a Saquon Barkley or a Christian McCaffrey who both went down, right? And since we've hit that halfway point, I'm going to talk about one person that is not on this list, okay? And I just talked about him, and that's, I want to have this discussion before we get into everything else, right? And we may, I may call an audible, and we may do the rest of these on a, on a later podcast, but Saquon Barkley is not on this list, Okay, so if you're if you've read Jamie's top twelve picks, there is one glaringly obvious. Spoilers, Paige. Spoilers. We haven't gotten to the back half of the list yet. I was waiting for him. Chris, pipe down over there. I'll mute your mic. There is one guy that is off this list. Okay, there's another one, but we'll talk about him at a later time. Saquon. So Jamie is got to be obviously only injury related, but where do you slate him, right? Because we know the player when he's healthy right? But when he's healthy is now less than when he's hurt, right? In total time in the NFL, there's now more time of him being hurt than there is being healthy. And that's a problem when you're talking about a first round pick. And that's why he's not on this list. Yeah. And I don't know where I'm going to end up putting him. I imagine he's going to be someone that's in the the back half of the second round when I end up doing that. I have to do some more research, but to me, he's clearly not a first rounder. I know that might shock a lot of people. Um, there aren't a lot of other mock drafts out there for 2020 run right now, but the couple that I saw both had him in the top five still, um, which I, I don't understand uh, what look. And I alluded to this a little bit. There you go. I alluded this to, to this a little bit in the Christian McCaffrey part when I said, he's not, it's not like he's coming off an ACL. Well, Saquon Barkley is coming off an ACL. And as we've talked about on the show, and as Jake has mentioned numerous times, everybody that's not named Adrian Peterson has struggled to some extent and definitely are less productive than they were prior in that first season immediately following major ACL surgery. That's going to be a factor here. And I know people don't want to hear, but you're not going to get like, I have more, like there's no reason to believe 
that the injuries Christian McCaffrey has suffered this year are going to repeat themselves next year any more than guys get hurt. There is plenty of evidence to believe that the ACL injury that Saquon Barkley has suffered this year will affect him to some extent next season, particularly in the first half of next season. So that has to be a factor for you. The other injuries have to be a factor too. He missed a lot of time with a high ankle sprain two years ago. And we talked about this and that's when we were all running to go pick up, you know, it wasn't Wayne Gallman at that time. It was, I mean, all these other guys that, that we were going to pick up. It, it was just, to me, it's, there are so many factors that are involved in this. And there was now had multiple years of significant injuries and having pretty much the most significant running back injury happening this year with him then I'm going to be cautious. Like, I, I am, would I take a shot if I'm toward the end of the second round and knowing I'm about to make two picks there and I already got, I've already locked in a Dalvin Cook or a Christian McCaffrey? I might be willing to take a shot there and say, you know what? If things work out, I could have potentially league winning potential. But am I going to take him in the top 15? I can't justify that. I can't justify that with the risk. I think there are too many other quality running backs that I would take right now. Like, like, I don't know where Saquon Barkley is going to fall in the hierarchy. He's not going to fall in my top 10 running backs. Uh, like he'll probably still fall in an RB one territory at the very bottom there, but he's not going to fall into my top 10. If you're not top 10 running back, you're not going in the first round. Yeah. Uh, and I just, to me, he's going to be one that I know I'm just not going to have in any leagues. Cause I don't care what happens this off season, aside from him getting a re injury, he's going in the top six. Like, oh, I, know I, know. Gonna, I know what's happening already. I'm just not going to be one that takes him there. Jake, I know you, this is your, you are the ultimate, you bring this up once every probably fifth show, right? About the ACL stuff and, and about Adrian Peterson. And you and I have spent time with, with a, with Adrian Peterson and seen him up close and personal. And I know what Saquon Barkley is. He's not Adrian Peterson. Like the dude is a one, one of a kind specimen that was able to come back from what he was. I, I just, I know what Saquon is. I know I wish that he had not dealt with these injuries, but it's multiple injuries. It's not one. It's now multiple injuries, back-to-back seasons. And when I talk about my first round pick, right, you can't, you can't have this much question mark going in when you've got all of these other options, right? It, I can't imagine you would have him in your first round either. He's my Todd Gurley of next year. Do not touch, period. I'm going to tell you a couple stories. First of all, whoever's the next Greek, uh, Oikos Greek yogurt dude, don't sign the contract. Cam, Dak, Saquon, don't touch the Greek them. Oikos. I don't care how much they're paying. Curse. Like, do not touch Oikos. Good stuff, but don't touch it. Like, it is the Madden curse of death for injuries. Greek hex. Uh, look, you all should know. I go back to my UAB days, and we had a world's strongest man, like, literally, as playing guard for us. Tours ACL in Cincinnati. Finished the game, played the next week in a brace with a twenty. His quads were, and I learned then if your quads are that strong, all the ACL does is stabilize your leg. Your quads are that strong. Now he's playing guard, not playing running back. And he was done after that. But he was so damn strong he could get through a game. Then I, I played in Atlanta come with Jamal Anderson coming off of an ACL, tore the other one, which is, is rare, but it happens enough that you have to look at it. Okay. Then you said we spent time with Adrian Peterson. And if you meet that man in person, it makes sense that he is the one and yes. only dude to ever look decent the next year. Receivers can do it. They can do it. Tight ends can do it. Linemen can do it. The running back position just doesn't lend itself to being the same guy the next year. The next year following, 22, love Saquon. Love it. Great. But this do not touch for me next yeah. year. And he's one of the – I say the strongest man thing because his quads are so strong and he's a big squatter all that stuff. It just doesn't lend itself as a running back to being that good the next year. 
no, it's, it's a, I cannot imagine a way where I would move him into a first round draft for next season. I just, there's nothing that he can do. And I understand who he is and the type of player and listen, he's going to do everything he can to get himself back into that shape. But it, it's just as somebody who stood next to Adrian Peterson, I'm telling you, he's just built differently than everybody else. He should not be. Not human. Yeah. He's I don't not, know what he should the whole Mike Tomlin thing about TJ Watt. Yes. Yes. You can't, you can't use him as the example. I've heard this so many times where people are like, well, Adrian Peterson did it's it. One. And I'm like, no, he's the outlier. One. He's not the example. He's the one. Tell me person. the other one. And then you, you can tell me Adrian Peterson did it. Cause he's one. And if you shake his hand and you fall to your knees, like a freaking child, which he will make any grown man. He can make mean Joe green has hands. that makes you look like he's shaking like your hand with two fingers. I think he might drop me and Joe Green to his freaking knees if he shook his hand. Like, it literally hurts your soul. You understand, okay, this dude is just different. He is an alien from space. Give me the second example, and I'll say, okay, now you can use Adrian Peter because he's the one dude that came back the next year and looked like the same guy. Saquon yeah. will be okay. I just I, – I don't have any faith that he's not going to have to get a scope and get it cleaned up. I just don't have any faith he's going to be the same explosive guy for the entire season. He'll show flashes but they're going to get sore. They're, it's going to be, it's going to be an issue and happened early. So that's good for him, but like, it's still going to be an issue. I also it don't did. love, yeah. I also don't love that football team. I don't care what they do this. There's so many question marks that are surrounding that giants football team and what they're going to do and what that's going to look like and everything there. I, I think there's so many question marks outside of Saquon. He's not, you know, he's not walking back into a top five situation. Right. He's not walking back into a top five offensive line with a great quarterback and a great offense. He's walking into eh, we don't know what the hell he's walking into. We have no idea. And I'm guessing off of what we've seen the last couple of years, I'm guessing he's going to walk into not a top 10 situation. Like venture to guess that that's a, a good way to say that he's going to be walking into something that's not necessarily going to be great for him or for the football team. So I want to move on if he's here. cleared, he's walking back into a situation where they want to feature him exclusively in a ton, and that is not conducive to him being successful either with this injury. No, it's definitely not. All right, guys, we will do the rest of this mock on a later podcast, and we will break it down because I think there's more to argue in the back half than there is in the front half, right? It was more – I felt more chalk in this first six than I do in the back half. So we will get into that. Let's do a couple of starter sits here, and then we'll end with Jamie's junk box. So – First and foremost, for those of you that are starting, man, this first one is almost painful to read out loud. Like I, like I, I, it's going to be a struggle for me to say, but it is where we are. And that is Philip Rivers or Russell Wilson. And man, oh man, coming into the season, did not think that would be something where I would be talking about a starter sit situation for somebody who's got a championship or maybe a third or fourth place you know, finish on the line, right? So Jake talked about this earlier. He's got Dalvin Cook. Now he's got to figure out what he's going to do to, to go in for third place. So Jamie, you first, Rivers or Wilson? Uh, I think I'm going to go Rivers here. I know it's been up and down for him, but this is a humongous game for Indianapolis that is now becoming even more chaotic because of Pittsburgh resting Ben Roethlisberger, and they're going to really have to push. Jacksonville's playing out the season. They've given up the third most points to fantasy quarterbacks this year. Uh, I think Philip Rivers is going to throw early, often, and they're going to they're going to try to just dominate this Jacksonville team. It's a little bit of a revenge game. Like they wouldn't be in this situation if they just took care of business in Week One against this team. So I don't think they're going to be coming in thinking, "Oh, this is an easy win, and we're going to just sit back and wait." Uh, they have to kick their ass because if they missed the playoffs, they missed it because they blew this Week One game. Like so, I think they're going to be all systems go on offense. 
And I think it's going to be one of those games where it's like, look, Jacksonville's not stopping anybody from throwing on them. Like they're just throwing on them like crazy this year. And, and lately in particular, uh, I'm just go, I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers. He's got the better matchup and it's not like Wilson's been great for you over the last like six weeks. At least six weeks. Look, did you watch what Chicago did doing last week with Trubisky? Indy has a far superior offense to that and better weapons everywhere other than Allen Robinson. I would expect Jonathan Taylor to have a monster day, but I hate Indianapolis's game plans nine out of 10 times. I think Phillip Rivers is going to throw it 45 times and they didn't learn their lesson in week one. Cause that's what they did. But I thought they still think he has a monster day. And Russell Wilson has not been Russell Wilson for a month and a half, like long before I think Halloween. It was, it was that Cardinal game ever since they played the Cardinals. It's been on a downward slide for him. It's, it's been, it's been a rough go. I, as much as it pains me, I am team let Russ cook. I love Russell Wilson. I wanted to see it. I was excited for MVP Russ. He's not MVP Russ this year. And uh, I think that will be interesting to discuss in the offseason as well. All right. Melvin Gordon or Antonio Gibson in this spot. Another one that I probably would have gone, mm, not necessarily knowing, but between injuries and the overall where the running back spot is, this is where we are. Jamie, you first, Gordon or Gibson? Yeah, this is one of those ones where they're one spot apart in my rankings. Um, I don't think you could really go wrong here. I'm going to lean slightly to Antonio Gibson uh, just because of the value this game holds for Washington. He looked really good last week. I know if it's not as good of a matchup as what Gordon has, but uh, I just think the they're going to be able to run the ball effectively because Philadelphia is playing out the season. They're missing a lot of pieces on that defensive side of the ball right now. And Washington's going to be playing hard because they're going to need to win. They win that game, they're in. And that's going to be the night game. So I think he has a better chance of getting in the end zone, uh, even though the Raiders defense is terrible, as I've mentioned before. Uh, I'm going to go slightly with Gibson, but I would find a way to get both those guys in your lineup. They're both in the top 15 for me at the running back position. Yeah, I'll go the other way. I mean, I, I talk about feet so much on the show. I feel like a podiatrist, and now I'm talking ACLs all the time again. That damn turf toe is a mother, and it can flare up at any time. I mean, you make one wrong cut, you're playing outdoors on grass in the cold, and he misses two series, even if he comes back because it's sore. I'll go Gordon here. That Raiders defense sucks. It's bad. Everybody else in that backfield is banged up. Lindsey's on IR. Royce Freeman almost missed the game last week. I'll go Melvin Gordon here in a game that I think should be a little bit of a shootout with them going back and forth with whoever wins. But I think the Broncos put up some yards. I think they're going to try to run the ball. I'll go Gordon. All right, guys. The tight end position, tight end position. Mike Jasicki or Noah Fant. Jamie, you first. Who is it? Uh, for me, it's Noah Fant. I really like him this week. Uh, over the last three healthy games he's played in, uh, he's averaging 16.7 points uh, in the last three. He's finishing as the tight end six in that stretch. Uh, Drew Locke started to look to him a lot. He's getting a ton of targets. Uh, and as I've mentioned over the last two weeks, um, the Raiders' defense is bad. So I like him a lot this week. He's he's one of those guys that is a must-start top 10 tight end. Uh, I like Jacecki, but not quite. One, who knows what the quarterback situation. And two, uh, I know Fant's going to get targets. And we'll probably catch if them. No offense like healthy, if no offense healthy, I'm playing him over everybody but four guys. And going into next year is going to be really fascinating to see if he's the forgotten guy or if he gets a ton of hype. Because if he's healthy, he is Darren Waller-esque explosive. He's never healthy. If he goes into next year healthy with his relationship with Drew Locke, who I think is going to be the quarterback again, it's fascinating. But this kid can – he doesn't – I've said a bunch. He doesn't block anybody, but he can flat oh. run. He is an absolute dynamite player in space who they go to a lot. I think it's absolutely fan. All right, Jamie, let's finish up with Jamie's Junk Box, brought to you by Manscaped. Chris, you know what to do. Give us the jingle. 
There it is. All right. So faint. And it is. It is very faint. You're gonna have to boost that in editing, or maybe you won't. I'll just you know, be better at your job, Chris. <laughs> Jamie. What do you crumple paper? That was terrible. That's not. A, find some new stuff. Work on this. Come on. Oh, okay. Chris, you poor thing. It's it's just no, always tough on the no show. All right, Jamie, right. take it away. Uh, well, before I get into that, uh, let's let's do let's talk about Manscaped a little bit. And we got one more letter. I'm really excited to read this one here. We got another letter today, which they, they trudged through the snow here in the Midwest to get me this letter. So con- wow. congratulations to, to USPS for making this happen. But uh, it says, Dear TDN Fantasy Podcast, let me be the first to wish you all a happy new year. 2020 has been wild and chaotic, and I'm looking forward to ringing in the new year with some positivity. On that note, I wanted to write in again to check on the status of your producer Chris's journey with Manscaped. Did he get the perfect package 3.0 for Christmas, including the crown jewel, the lawnmower 3.0, the trimmer with a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents? Did he spritz on some of that crop reviver ball toner, a spray on toner with aloe vera and hazel extracts? How about the crop preserver ball deodorant? Because nobody likes stinky balls. So I was thinking, you know, new year, new me, you know, and and I've had to make some tough decisions recently. I've kicked Hanky Poo to the curb. Now that he's no longer on your show, he's doing some Buccaneers podcast. It's just not the same. Instead of fulfilling all of my fantasy questions, he's screaming about Sean Murphy bunting and something about Scotty Miller's high school. Sigh. I, I just couldn't take it anymore. I don't need any more bucks or pirate type talk. But you know what I do need? I need a little bit of jet fuel in my life, if you know what I mean. Call me Chris. Kissy face, Linda C. Chris, wow, what? Linda C is aggressive, and I love it. I I don't want. She knows what she wants, and she wants some jet fuel in her life, Chris. What are you going to do here? I think it's time to, we got to make sure he gets the Manscaped 3.0. We, we got to make sure that he's using code TDN. Uh, <laughs> That's what I think about TDN Linda to C. 20%, 20% free shipping by using the code TDN at manscaped.com. Is the rusty Chris, spur open on the ears? Listen, Chris, I might be booking you a one-way ticket out to make sure you're in Arizona to hang out with Linda C on New Year's Eve. I think, I think it's deserving at this point. She's really looking out for you. She's just really trying to make sure you get that New Year's Eve kiss, Chris. So, I, you know, she needs some jet fuel in her life. Wow. She's USPS. Thanks for getting those letters to, to Jamie. It's been a it's been a snowstorm over the last few days. And she wanted to make sure that Chris could read all of her nice notes to her. So so kind. So kind of Linda C. All right, Jamie, what's in the junk box this week? So a couple of names that are going to be more of like sneaky starts this week. Uh, and two of them, one running back, one wide receiver. Let's start with the running back. Uh, and it's Daryl Williams. And I feel like if you've listened to the show for a very long time, you know that he's like a low-key favorite of mine that I bring him up. It feels like once a year. Uh, but got 14 touches and six targets last week. Chiefs are going to rest their starters. I don't imagine that Le'Veon Bell is going to play at all, if, at, if much at all. They'll lean on Darrell Williams, who they like a lot in pass protection. They'll he'll throw it to him. They'll run it with him. I could see him getting 16, 17, 18 touches in this game against a beatable Los Angeles Chargers defense. Got you 11.3 fantasy points last week. Uh, he's somebody I think I, I haven't ranked as an RB2 this week. I think he could have a pretty solid performance out there. And look, I know it's going to be a different offense with Chad Henney running it, but they're still going to run the ball. They're still going to try to do some things. And Williams has proven that when he's gotten the opportunity, he can have some success when he gets to be the Chiefs RB1. We need a, uh, Chris, this is on the fly. I'm giving you uh, another to-do list. We need, we need like a man crush 
type of thing. We need a we need a sign and we need some type of love. You can need to find a love song for us to play when the guys start talking about some of these dudes that they have their 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 man crushes, right? I need a man crush song. So that's on you to find since you uh, failed us with a very very faint junk box noise today. You got to find us a love song. Jamie, what else is in the junk box? The other one and let's talk about it because we just talked about Philip Rivers. I think it's Zach Pascal who has looked really good the last couple of weeks, six targets in each of the last two games, three touchdowns, went five for 79 and two a couple of weeks ago, three for 64 and a touchdown last week. I mentioned how bad the Jaguars defense is at stopping fantasy quarterbacks and wide receivers earlier. Uh, I think he could be a sneaky play. Uh, guys are not paying attention. You know, T.Y. Hilton might be out there. Uh, he's leaned to Pascal a lot, and particularly in the red zone these last couple of weeks. I think he could have a really solid performance for a a pretty desperate Colts team that is going to be desperate looking for revenge and pissed off. And I think that's a really good combination. If you have rivers or Taylor or Pascal or any of those guys, T Y Hilton, I think that's gonna be a good combination for those guys, Naeem Hines, any of those five going into this week. Yeah. I'm gonna... I love that one. If you've got Keenan Allen, sorry, Kate page, I don't think Keenan Allen plays. I think he shut it down for the year and there's yeah, no point coming back. And yeah. so like, if you've been riding him all year and now you've been biting it and you're in a deep league, I love Pascal's probably sitting out there. That's a, that's a good one to go fill that in. He's one of those guys I had to start in my high school league. That is a 16 team league. There is nobody on the waivers usually. And because of injuries and oh, shocking Keenan Allen, not, not being who I wanted him to be down the stretch. Uh, I had to play him and he had a good week last week. So I feel comfortable starting him again this week. If you had him, I'm going to have to post that team because good Lord, it is sad what I was able to scrounge up to get to the end of the, the year with all the injuries that happened. So final thoughts here, you guys, we're done with the pod. Jamie, you first final thoughts. My final thoughts are I'm really looking forward to this week. Uh, there is a lot of really exciting matchups. I know a lot of you, this will kind of be a less stressful week. You're not worried about your fantasy lineups. You're not worried about watching injury reports. You're just kind of sitting back and seeing how the NFL playoff picture plays out. Uh, I'm really excited because the, there's going to be a really good AFC team that doesn't make it. That's going to come out of Sunday and they're going to be sitting at home. Uh, who's going to win the NFC East? You know, what's the seeding going to be? We're going to get to talk matchups. We're going to get to have... You know, we're getting to joke about who gets the old Cincinnati-Houston spot on Saturday afternoon. Um, although the schedule is going to be a little bit different because you have an extra game now, but uh, extra couple games now. But uh, I'm really excited. We finally got to the end of this year, and I would be honest with you, I did not think we would get to this point. I, I really did. I thought they was, this was going to be uh, they were going to try. There would be a long a long pause, a long stoppage, and then it would kind of be a shortened season, and then they would figure out how to make the playoffs work from there. Uh, I am very thankful that they've been able to get through this. I'm very thankful that there have not been too many players that have had to suffer um, with uh, the effects of COVID-19. There have been some, and one of them, you know, Jake mentioned Rykel Armstead, who has had his struggles with it, and we hope we wish him the best. But considering the number of players involved, considering the number of the amount of travel, uh, I very thankful we've been able to get through this football season, and it's been a a helpful distraction from a lot of negativity that is deserved of what's going on in the world right now. So, just wanted to make make that point. And say I'm really looking forward to Week 17 because this is going to be a really exciting run, and this could be one of the most exciting playoff runs we've ever seen because we're going to have extra football games on Wild Card Weekend, and I don't think there's any unbeatable team. There is no team in the NFL that I think is unbeatable. I mean, if if the the Falcons can go a missed field goal away from taking the Chiefs to overtime. Two weeks before the postseason, there ain't no unbeatable team. I'm going to be really looking forward to this playoff run, especially since a lot of these road teams have been winning. So a lot of this, like I, I wrote about the home field advantage. I wrote about all these other things, and I don't think it's fan-related, but 
Uh, we've seen a trend for two years now where road teams are holding their own in these matchups. So we could get a very jumbled up playoff picture, which is going to be really, really exciting for everybody. Jake, your final thoughts. I echo all of that, man. The NFL from a 30,000 foot view has done an unbelievable job. If you're on the ground and you're one of these teams, God, has it been monotonous and the dealing with the testing every day, but the NFL from a 30,000 foot view and, and putting these protocols in place has been unbelievable to get a full season in. Incredible. It's, it's absolutely incredible. incredible. I, I, I question a lot of the things they do, a lot of the decisions that are made and, and they deserve a lot of criticism for a lot of them, but this is not one of them to get there. Uh, next year, adding the 17th game will be fascinating. But this extra playoff team this year is awesome. I mean, like week 17, we have two teams that are resting. Everybody else is – I mean, the Packers got to play for the number one seed. The Seahawks got to play. The, the Saints got to play. And if they all win, there's a crazy-ass tiebreaker that goes into, like, who gets the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. absolutely awesome. I agree with Jamie wholeheartedly that anybody could make a run. I, this, is, this has, like, the hot playoff – wild card team written all over it uh, and it's going to be just absolutely fantastic and then lastly we're, st we're still doing our buccaneers charity challenge so you can join uh, arians.rivalsmedia.com make your picks like we've been doing for six or eight weeks now uh, still going on it's going to go through the playoffs so get on there do that donate have some fun make your picks uh, but I, I agree with jamie i cannot wait to see how this weekend shakes out yeah it's if i <laughs> to echo what both of you said there was more than 50% of me that thought we would not get to this point. Like I, I said it on our, on our TDN team call. I said, you know, I was pretty much at the point, like flip a coin and decide because that's how I felt about this getting to the end. And I am always critical of the NFL when I think it's deserving. And I think in life, right. In, in most situations, people tend to focus on when bad things happen, but then they don't talk about when there's praise that should be talked about, right? In customer service, people who call customer service are never calling customer service to say, you know what? Sarah did such a great job. They're calling they're calling to yell about Sarah, right? That's, that's just how people are in general. So this is one of those times where I am happy that I'm able to deliver notes of praise because it's deserving. This was a impossible situation. This took three months of negotiation with the NFLPA and the players and the coaches and everybody. And most importantly, it took a lot of buy-in from everyone. And I think that's what I want to focus on is the coaches and the players and everybody that sacrificed a lot for a long period of time. And everybody, and you can say, well, they make this much money and they make, no, 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 no. What is their regular life like? That is the bar, right? What is your daily life like? They had to, they had to give up a lot of what their daily life looked like. The San, Francisco, the San Francisco 49ers team is living in a hotel, guys. Like this is that that is where we are to get to, to buy-in for a team that is not even gonna make the postseason. Like that is the level of buy-in it took from team one to team 32 across the league. And everybody deserves a lot of praise for that. Because I I know that there is a lot of people that wouldn't be able to do it and do all the protocols and stick to it and do, I mean, it just, it took a lot. It took a lot of buy-in and I, I didn't think we'd get to this point. So I'm really happy we did. I'm really happy. I get to sit there and watch week 17 chaos play out. And I'm really happy. My bears are in it, man. Like if the bears win, they're in like, I, I don't think even if they don't win, there's a scenario that can play out that they can still get in. And they've been one of the hotter teams over the last month. So it's always fun to watch the team you grew up rooting for have an opportunity and 
my boy Jamie's uh, slipping to the dark side day by day because he's right across the field from Soldier Field. So thankfully, he hasn't chosen the team that has a cheese on top of their head because that would be uh, that would be liable to make me cut him out of the show. So I'm glad he glad he chose wisely. Glad he chose wisely, and I'm glad he chose the the good food and the deep dish because that was a that was a wise move there, Jamie. Wise move. All right, tell everybody how you guys can be followed on social media. Jamie, you first. You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And Jake? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Arians NFL on Instagram. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. And you should follow our producer so he gets up to 38 followers. That is SCHU Radio, SHU Radio. And uh, listen out for his uh, rant that's coming out on his other podcast that I think we're all really looking forward to. Have a good rest of your day. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.